So let's go back. So, so Philippians chapter 1, we're going to be in that mm-hmm. this week, 19 to 30. You did yes. 1 to 18 last week. Yes. And in that, even then, there's a bit of the text to what you were saying earlier, Doug, mm-hmm. and that is, is no matter why people preach the gospel, this is why yeah. we don't go out and run over the, you know, the parable of the tares of the wheat, right? We don't go yeah. out there and like pluck everybody's ministry and say, oh, you're awful and you're this yeah. and you're this because it's God's wheat field and we'd run over the wheat on the way to the tares, yeah. right? And yeah, so, don't pull the weeds because you'll uproot the good stuff. Exactly. Welcome, everyone, to this edition or this episode of The Salty Pastor. You may, if you're watching on YouTube, notice a change. I am sitting on the other side of the desk. This is so weird for me. And that's because our beloved host, Jesse, is out on assignment. So Pastor Harv is sitting there in his chair. I'm sitting here. We're going to tag team this baby for this salty episode. And I think you're going to just really enjoy the give and take back and forth. So I've known Harv now for how long have we known? 35 years. 35 years. It's not fair. You look like you did. 30 years ago, I'm, I just keep getting no, older. I think your eyesight's going, Doug, because I don't look like I looked like 35 years ago, and I've got pictures to prove it. Don't, don't get my wife it. sending in pictures underneath the feed, right? Uh, this right. is what he actually looks like. This is what he really looks like. So we were both a lot thinner back then, weren't we? Yes, we were. Yes, we were. And my favorite thing about Harv from 35 years ago is he had this Cutlass Supreme Coupe. It was banana yellow. Smooth, baby. Do you remember that? I sadly remember that. The biggest selling point on that baby were like you got to drive this thing it has cruise control it had cruise control it <laughs> was, was i was deal. winning oh it was a huge i mean that yes i mean here you know like my kid watches this and he's like dad everything has cruise control right i mean even their yeah. little scooters have cruise control yeah, now and nowadays, like, that's yeah. how old we are doug yeah. thank you very much anyway well it's been a nice time being with you on geriatric hour and it's <laughs> glad to be with you i'm gonna need to go take my geritol now and uh hey great to be with you uh, it's time for our nap it's isn't it time for our nap now. Yeah. <laughs> there's some fro- frozen yogurt somewhere <laughs> <laughs> gosh shuffleboard at All two right, o'clock so if you're new to this this is salty pastor and our goal isn't here to really uh uh tell people People, how to act, how to behave, what to listen to, what to wear. Our goal is to inspire you to grow your faith. This is a podcast designed to give you the tools to think for yourself, to think critically. Uh, the whole purpose of this uh, uh, podcast is to dig into the scripture and help you understand how to read it and think about it and ingest it yourself. There's so many charlatans out there that use the Bible uh, in order to push a particular ideology. Our goal often is to just bring it to you right here, sir, so that you can eat and feed your own soul. I am uh, Dr. Douglas Peak, and I've been in the ministry now full-time, I don't know, 35, 37 years. Harv's been in the full-time ministry. Well, not the full-time ministry. You're in ministry for 17 years. And then you're in the business world, the marketplace for 15, 15. years. Yep. And then he's been back full-time ministry Almost and four. full-time for four years now. Yeah. So it's been a great almost, thing. Almost June will be four years. Lord June willing. will be four years. So I think that's awesome. It's good yeah. to have you. Well, thank you. Yeah. And it's, you know, today's Tuesday. We have to talk about the, the yeah. blessing of the study of the Word of God today. Uh, 
on Thursday, we'll do a little more application, maybe even how it fits into the greater context of culture and the mm-hmm. dynamics of culture in the world around us. And we and can so, flip suites, uh, flip sweets, uh, yeah, spots. Seats, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll switch out, and we'll, and I'll get to be Jesse, not quite as you know young and dapper and with his sh- radio voice. Yeah, exactly. I don't have a top hat, so I'm not well, sure. Well, we're I'm on do Philippians. That. We're doing an in-depth study of Philippians yep. right now. And lemons or lemonade? Yeah, lemons or lemonade. And the bottom line is, how do you live in the big in between? The kingdom of God has come in Christ, right? Eventually, the kingdom of God will encompass everything under one rule and authority. We do know that. And until that point, right, this is called the in-between, and that is the kingdom of God is here, and the kingdom of the world still exists alongside of it, and we choose where, where we live. And so we are studying Philippians to kind of figure out how to make good choices in that regard. Well, it gives we, us discernment. I think that was your word for the weekend. Yeah. Right? Well, you had several, but I thought last weekend, I mean, the whole concept of is discernment. Is discernment. Yeah. Uh, Hebrews 5, 14, you all says that, that solid food is for the mature yep. who, because of practice, practice. have trained train themselves, their yeah. trained their senses to discern between good, good and evil. And evil. Yeah. Right? So the, the big lie out there in, in Instant, instant uh, Christianity, which you know we talked about. Christianity's gone from Christianity to churchianity to now we're in Nicianity. Nice. So here we are in Nicianity, and then, and the the lie of Nicianity is you can have it in two quick sermons, yeah. and the pastor will have perfect teeth and smile. Yeah, big lie. And there's no discernment. There's no discernment. And well, discernment is all about you living your faith. That's what the salty pastor is all about. It's, I, I, you you got to exactly. do it. Yeah, exactly. So, so let's go back. So, so Philippians chapter one, we're going to be in that mm-hmm. this week, 19 to 30. You did yes. one to 18 last week. Yes. And in that, even then there's a bit of the text to what you were saying earlier, Doug. Mm-hmm. And that is, is no matter why people preach the gospel, this is why yeah. we don't go out and run over the, you know, the parable, the tares of the wheat, right? We don't go yeah. out there and like pluck everybody's ministry and say, oh, you're awful and you're this yeah. and you're this because it's God's wheat field and we'd run over the wheat on the way to the tares, yeah. right? And yeah, so, don't pull the weeds because you'll uproot the good stuff. Exactly. And, and in fact, Paul addressed that topic yeah. and he said, you know what? Christ is being preached. Yeah. The name is being put out. And, 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 and that touches on a big, big important point is that the sovereignty of God still overrides that's right all of our determinism the all the things of people exactly 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 so so the the verse 18 finishes and i and you know and i'll start with that a little bit this week verse 18 finishes with this and i will continue to rejoice i will continue yeah. to rejoice and there's a very important thing when you're leaving, living between the kingdom of god and the kingdoms of this earth there is a very important uh personal value that is in the body of Christ intended for us to all have. And and that is, is that we have a determination to believe and know the kingdom of God exists, even if we don't see all the benefits of it in front of us right now. That's key. Sometimes you don't see it. Okay. But you keep doing it. So let me give you two curse words. And I know you don't, you know, this is a Christian radio station or whatever like that. But the two curse words yeah. yeah interesting thing for a minute just a cultural sidebar for a second is that curse words have actually migrated 35 years ago words that are now seen as just part of the normal give vernacular. and take and vernacular yeah. were curse words yeah i mean soap Things comes you never say you'd never say certain words and now they're said on the you know football games on Sunday. I mean, they're yeah. you know this word and that word, and it's just a normal part of the conversation kind of going on out there. The two biggest curse words in the world we live in today mm-hmm. are delayed gratification. 
You're cussing now. <laughs> you're cussing now. If you say delayed gratification, you're like, That's what? offensive. I can't have it now? I mean, think about that visceral response when you go to look at something on yeah. Amazon and you go, wait, I don't, this tomorrow? It's not tomorrow? Well, okay, to, you're saying that between February 11th and between 11th and the 14th, it will show up. I need it tomorrow. The offense that our culture is feeling is, is delayed gratification. These next, the second half of Philippians chapter one is Paul talking about how he is playing out delayed gratification yeah. in his life. And how does he do that? What does it say in that next verse? Because yeah, so, yeah. uh, one of my favorite verses in the world is coming up here. <laughs> yeah, he says, yes, and I will continue to rejoice for, uh, verse 19, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will only turn out for my deliverance. He's rejoicing knowing that there's going to be a great yeah. outcome. Go to your favorite verse. Because he's in... Um, because what he's saying there is he's saying, I'm in prison, and I'm not worried about it because yeah. it's going out. And he goes, verse 20. 20, and in verse 20, he says, I'm eagerly expecting it. My favorite verse is 21, which yeah, says, right. for to me to live is Christ and to die, die is, is gain. gain. Exactly, because what he realizes is this. His life only has meaning in the context yeah. of the kingdom of God. And a couple very, very important stakes to put into your life. Here's a great mistake we make in the Christian faith that keeps us from having perseverance mm. and rejoicing, and that is this, is, is that we don't have our eyes on the end goal. We have our yeah. eyes only on the temporal things, right? Yeah. One of the verses that we first studied and learned, Second mm -hmm. Corinthians chapter... Uh, chapter three, uh, chapter two says this. This is why we never give up. For though our outer bodies are dying, our spirits yeah. are being renewed day by day. Yeah. Right. The yeah. New American Standard puts it a little bit different than that. Uh, but then it goes on. It says, "For our present troubles are small. Paul's in prison. Yeah. Are small mm -hmm. and won't last very long. Yet they, those troubles, produce for us a glory." Mm -hmm that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. The man's yeah. living in delayed gratification. To live as Christ, to die as gain, is his purpose to say, the reason why I'm here is for the work of Christ. Yeah. That's it. That's it and only mm -hmm. it. Yeah, right? and that's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 through yeah, 4. Uh, Sorry, so, but I said the two. thing that I really like about this verse, too, that you're bringing up that I want to kind of piggyback on is notice how he doesn't say, for to me to live is Christ, but... To die is gain. He says, for to me to live is Christ and to die, die is, is gain. gain. Exactly. See, and, and the, the, look, some of you guys I know, you're going, well, wait a minute. What does that word really matter? It, it matters because he's mm -hmm. saying in the concept of today is the kingdom of God right now. Right it's now. right here. It's right in my life. Let, remember, you remember, Doug, when there was that little, there, there was a little, like, I don't know, people used to put things on their shirts, you know, and now they embroider them, but it used to be you'd have a little thing and it would like cut a, you know, poke a hole in your shirt or whatever. Oh, and yeah. Those little badges or whatever. Yeah, those little like, badges and buttons yeah. and stuff. Now yeah. they're magnets. Exactly. And there was a ministry that had one a while back that, that and it said this on the on the badge. This was their badge. No sniveling. No sniveling. <laughs> and what no, you, sniveling. no sniveling, right? Yeah. And we're you're gonna get to Philippians chapter two mm -hmm. next week. Do all things without Grumbling and disputing, <laughs> sniveling, right? Stop sniveling. And yeah. here's one of the things that's, that's, you know, literally the come on to the body of Christ is, is because we forget that we're in the kingdom of God. We want it all right now. We mm -hmm. don't want to delay gratification. When it doesn't go our way, we snivel. Yeah. We snivel. We just. Yeah. 
And it's always win loss. It is instead of win 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 win. Well, that's why the and is important. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. Exactly. I live as Christ, but to die is gain. It's and to die is gain. It's both of them. God, I'm yeah. winning now, and I will win then. Yeah. And I have the delayed gratification to see t- today. This is the important part, especially all of you parents out there with kids who are in the smaller ages and like that. Is it's important to recognize? I see today in the concept in the construct of where we're going, not just in the isolation of what's going wrong or on today which is the main reason why parents are struggling parenting their children absolutely because they've been taught to live live in the moment well okay well the moment might be i'm gonna have to change a diaper that blew out and we're here on the yeah. side of the highway <laughs> it's not fun and we had a blowout and won a tire right it i mean i've had those you had those right you're yes. like uh, you know you're looking at each other in the front seat going oh i did the last tire <laughs> right you, you do this one right and so Delayed gratification. I, w- I want you guys to hear the definition. This is at least Encyclopedia yeah. Britannica. Delay of gratification, the act of resisting an impulse to take an immediately available reward in the hope of attaining a more valued reward in the future. Mm. Now, that's a very interesting piece because I think behind the the line to live as Christ uh, and die as gain is this concept uh, uh, that's very, very important. He has a hope of attaining that reward, and mm-hmm. for him it's both and, not either or. We live in a zero-sum world. Either I'm happy or I'm not, not. happy. Mm-hmm. Either you're giving me what I want or you're not giving me what I want. Mm-hmm. Either I am satisfied or I'm dissatisfied, right? I mean, and, he, and and again, we kind of brought this up a few weeks ago is we live in a world that rates everything, that rates every, everything. You can't stay in a hotel now without getting four emails. Yeah. And then a month and a half later, you finally get the last email. This is our last time we're going to ask you, would you please take the survey? <laughs> survey? We slept. I can't remember anything else. Move on, right? I mean, That's right. everything's a review world. <laughs> yeah, thumbs up, thumbs down, three exactly. stars. Exactly. And, and, and Paul, Paul had what with the Philippians, Doug? Mm-hmm. He had them in his heart. Yeah, right. He. Nur- I mean, we read from we read from some of the other epistles how he nurtured the church like a mother nurturing a nursing babe. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we we read that in, in in the I think it's in Thessalonians. He's he's like we I came to you as a mom nursing their babe. In other words, I looked after your well being, which is yeah. why he started out the first chapter with hey. I know God will complete the work yeah. in you. And, mm-hmm. and and I think there's an empirical thing there too, is that I think he knows God will complete the work because he knew God was completing the work through him too. Yeah. Because Paul knew Absolutely. he wasn't done yet. Yep. He His circumstances, which I thought you, you said something really great last Sunday. I mean, we I, you said lots of great, great things in there. One of the things that was really good was, is what derails us from staying after the work of God in our lives is the pettiness of others. Pettiness of others. The pettiness, and, and that diverts us, right? We, mm-hmm. we, and it, now it, we could say there's no sniveling in the kingdom of God. We could, we could also say stop quibbling in the kingdom of God. Yeah. We keep quibbling over all these little, well, I didn't get it the way I wanted, and all those sorts of things. And by the way, one of the big constructs that's that's out there that has been totally dismissed in the body of Christ is biblical respect for. Mm-hmm. And that, lo and behold, that we could even say the next word, which is submission to yeah. authority. authority. Paul knew he was a man under authority. Yep. Why do you know he was under authority? Because he was in the kingdom of God. God. We live in a time where we've gone from Christianity, where Christ is at the center, yeah. to churchianity, where my affiliation is at the center, to Nicianity, where 
I am at the center. Yeah. Paul did not have that malady. Paul knew he was bought with a price. Paul knew he met Christ on the road to Damascus. And this is why our testimony Mm -hmm. is so important in our lives. What has God done in your life? Where is God still working in your life? Mm -hmm. And what Paul's saying is this. I know he's not done with you yet because I know he's not done with me yet. Yeah. And I will encourage you and I'll continue to encourage you uh, because I'll do that. One of the first things that Doug ever taught me, there's a a Latin phrase that, and sorry, I'm going to say the Latin with (laughs) an Oklahoma twang. I don't know. I wouldn't do much better. Yeah, exactly. So instead of a a Caesar Augustus, it's, you know, Caesar salad. And so, uh, but with Caesar salad here, right, is that one of the first things that you taught me was credo ergo confitor, which means... I believe, believe, therefore, I confess. confess. And this is so powerful because it comes into, because right before when he talks about the maladies of our Mm -hmm. lives, Paul's saying, I believe, and he's almost saying like this, I must confess. I must confess. I believe. And he says that, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Exactly. He said, exactly. I believe, therefore, I will Will confess. confess. Right? And and what is he doing? I mean, the Philippians book is more than maybe, I mean, they all have it. But more than anything, a lot of people would start out with a belief that it is an encouraging book. Yes. Right? He is encouraging. And I mean, from the get-go, it's right out. Tells them, you know, the grace and peace and and, and all the goodness of Christ be upon you. And I know God's going to finish the work in you. He's he's literally putting his hand on their shoulder. I am rejoicing and rejoicing even more. Exactly. And he's saying, I know the cost. I know what cost it is. And this is... This is what is, I'm going to try to use a big word like you would do. I remember you used the word attenuate one of the first times I was on on the CERN. I still don't know. Three years later, I don't know what attenuate means. Sounded great. I mean, it went right over my head. But but, but one of the big words that that, that to use here is, is that our beliefs are manifested in how we live. Correct. And Paul was saying... I believe, therefore, I will confess, and uh, and and not only will I confess, I am compelled to confess, mm-hmm. and not only will I continue to keep going on, I I I have to go on. I have to go on. Like look, you read twenty one, let me get to twenty. Let me say twenty real quick. He says, "I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death." And so what he's talking about, I think, in that specific case is that uh, living in the kingdom of God requires courage, but you you gain courage from living in it. Absolutely. It, it, it actually, it's the snowball coming down the hill. It gets bigger and better, better. as it gains momentum. Yeah. And what we've talked about a lot is, is that spiritual momentum is one of the blessings mm-hmm. of an obedient walk in a long direction in the same, I'm sorry, in yeah. the same direction for a long period of time. Long period of time. And, 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 and that's another part of it. Christian, hear us on this, right? Is, man, I've been following God for, you know, I've just been giving it all and all. Well, how long have you been doing? Two weeks. <laughs> I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Uh, How about do a season? How about, you know, go for 20 years? How about 20 years? How about do a long obedience in the same direction? And that's what Paul is showing us. And And you know, the places before you go on this is so good when you bring this up, the things that I think you ought to address is that I think the problems that we have a long obedience in regards to the two biggest things. And Foster talks about it in his, the book, the first book that he wrote that really kind of shot him to the top. The first one is sex. 
And the second one is money. Yeah. Talk so. about how we tend to to not walk in a long obedience towards God in those two areas. Well, the culture around us is driven by those two things. I mean, Jesus identified you cannot serve both God and mammon. What was mammon? It was wealth. Yeah. What does wealth afford? All the things you want in life. And so in that process, the world says frontal lobe living, I my pleasure centers are actuated in these two areas and I get what I want, I get what I want, mm-hmm. I get what I want and I grab and grab and grab and take 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 take. And so the the culture itself has put itself against the kingdom of God. Yes. It said the kingdom of the kingdom of this world is driven by those two things: money, sex, and we would probably add power. Power, right? I mean, you go to second. Uh, uh, is it First John chapter two, fifteen and sixteen? Right? Is that is that Do the lust of the, the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life? life. Money, sex, and power, power are always the things that are out there. Mm-hmm. And again, in that process. The world says, yes, it's grab, get all you can. And God comes along and says, yeah, mm, no, you can right. moderate. I mean, I, and Paul even, um, I, so once we realize he says what he says in your favorite verse, verse 21, yes. listen to what he says in verse 22. If I mm. am to go on living in the body, mindful of the thought yeah. that the things that service the body are money and sex. Because yes. yeah. what he's doing here now, before you read that is, what he's doing is he's saying, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You've done a really good job explaining how it's kind of both and. Yep. And now he's explaining his thought process of how this works. Uh, and and this is why the salty pastor, I think, has a place in the podcast world and should have a place in, in, you know, in your podcast dial is because it is not do this and then this and then right. do this. And it is, okay, internalize the spirit of living God, know the Lord for yourself, have his Holy Spirit guiding, leading, directing mm-hmm. your life, train yourself so that you can discern good and, and evil. evil. And oh, by the way, the Bible does you the wonderful beauty of not just telling you do this, don't do this. It gives you the ability to discern in moments where there is no clarity, and the world surely is gives no clarity right. on what you should do. There are judgment calls in life. Mm-hmm. There are those judgment calls, and so he says, "If I if I am to go living on in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. And then he says something really important, and this speaks to the gospel. Mm-hmm. And because the kingdom of God has very has 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 this as a big tenet of it. The kingdom of God is number one, God-centered, and number two, other-centered as well. Yeah. Other people matter in the kingdom of God. See, yes. in the kingdom of this world, the only thing that matters is. I get to the top of my own heap, right? Yes. Survival of the fittest, dog eat dog world. Yes. I climb up the ladder. I don't care how many bodies are stacked in the, in the basement. Yeah. I don't care how many bodies are stacked in the, in the crawl space. I am climbing up. I'm mm-hmm. moving on, right? Mm-hmm. But then, so the, listen to verse 24. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Yeah. Now, somebody could read that as extremely arrogant. And mm-hmm. he's saying, well, I'm not being called home to the home office yet because you need me. Mm-hmm. That's not what he's saying. Yeah, He's saying, I willfully do this because I'm still helping you grow in your walk. Go back to verse 6. Is If God is going to complete the work in, in these people, mm-hmm. he's going to have his apostle there to help with that work. Yeah, God's going to resource that. Why do we press discipleship? Why do we encourage you in discipleship? I, I do a, a fair amount of premarital, right? And so... Was with one of these couples yesterday, just an 
amazing couple that that's going to get married next month and they're so excited they've been doing it god's way talk about delayed gratification they were just saying lord we just want to have you bless us guide us do all those kinds of cool things and they said they've been studying and preparing and learning and 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 and, and doing all those kinds of things and, and and the important part is god is leading and doing that in their lives but we have the privilege and that's where people forget and and i i would love for parents to hear this is that your children being called into the ministry your children being called to a selfless life to look after the well-being of others is a beautiful kingdom of God thing mm-hmm. to be involved in, right? And and here's the important part. Forget the titles and the positions and all those other kinds of things. Is uh, your children, my children, our grown children, our still growing children, are have one common denominator involved in all of them. Mm-hmm. They want us to give them money. No <laughs> way. <laughs> they Not want that. more money. Yeah. Uh, no, freedom. no. Is, is what? Is they're all serving in ministry yeah. because they see it as a part of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of this earth says, I don't serve. I am served. Yeah. I won't give. You give to me. I mm-hmm. don't help others. You're here to service and help me. There, You did a great job on stage last week of saying, okay, kingdom of this world. Kingdom of heaven. And one of the very quick places to recognize this is, are you serving others as a hallmark of your life? Yeah. Or is your life to be served by others always? One of the things that very few people, and I'm sure the Chamber of Commerce in Boise doesn't want to talk about, Eagle, any of these, I mean, the Treasure Valley, right. is this, is, is that you, you'll go, like, the, there's shops around here that don't, or restaurants where you just can only do takeout because they don't have enough staff for the, for, for the, 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 the lobby, right, to be right. able to serve you in the lobby. Why is that? Because all the people moving in here are not, not, not all. A majority of the people, <laughs> a majority of the people moving in here are coming, looking for services, not coming and bringing services. Yep. There's a service gap in the Treasure Valley, mm-hmm. right? Restaurants don't have full occupancy. I mean, nothing more frustrating than you going out, you know, it's a Thursday yeah. or Friday or whenever you're going. Tables are, are empty, empty and, and they go, like, oh, wait, we you're on the wait. waiting list. Yeah. And you're like. Can you sit me at that table? I'll sit right there, right? Go, I think we don't have a server. We for don't those have a tables. server for those tables. Isn't that interesting? Are we, are we talking about the kingdom of God? Or are we talking about a yeah. restaurant here in town? Right. See, see, God's kingdom. Jesus even said at the beginning, "The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are, are few." few. Right? It's always been the Pareto principle. It's always 80% of the work done by 20% of the people because people generally don't look at the kingdom of God. They just want what's in front of their face. We are teaching. We're helping you. We're walking in ourselves. I mean, we say it, it bounces off the back wall to us. Yeah. Is it is a kingdom of God church, right? A substruct, you know, a construct of mm-hmm. the church is in the kingdom of God and in God's kingdom, other people are cared for yeah, and looked matter. after and, and I think, and the one thing i want to pick up on that too and i think you have some really good insight on this is that when we say we're here to serve people we're here to serve them out of love uh, agape love which basically means we're not here to uh serve you sugar and donuts you know what i'm saying no. is that what did your parents tell you when you were growing up you got to eat your vegetables and that's going to grow strong you got to eat this and today a lot of people who say well i want to be in the kingdom of god but what they're serving other people is is they're giving them sugar and they're giving them pancakes they're not giving them their vegetables and that's why a biblical church is so critical talk about how real service is willing to do the right thing 
Yeah, well, I, 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 let's let's go practical for a second. I'll come right to that thought. Yeah, is I think the number is twenty one percent. Only twenty one percent of graduating high school seniors are physically capable of meeting the physical test to get into the military, military now. Yeah, I think it's less than that. I think now. it is less than that. I think <laughs> yeah. that's an older number. Yeah. So 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 think that number out for just a second. Our basic physical standard to get into the military to what is, what does the military do? Yeah. You what the thing about when you go into the military, you're going to the military and they say, "Hey, what mil, what branch of military service did you serve in?" You hear yeah. those yeah, that's what veterans say to each other. Yes. Because the whole concept is written mm-hmm. in the idea of I'm doing this on the behalf of other people. people. My country, I'm here to serve my country. Exactly. And you have to have a physical requirement to get into that just to be able to Correct. serve. You have to have physical fitness. To be able to have a physical fitness to serve in the kingdom of God, you can't live on spiritual marshmallows. Yeah. You can't live on spiritual donuts all day long. You yeah. actually have to do some vegetables. You actually have to actually build and build yeah. build and grow your faith. Instead of being in a meat eater, you're a milk drinker. So the only thing you have to give totally. to people is what? Milk. Milk. Yeah. Well, totally. And 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 sugar. By the <laughs> way, it sugar. is Paul who says later on to Timothy from one of his prison epistles, if I'm not mistaken, says to him, there'll come a time where they only want gather for themselves teachers yes. who will tickle, tickle their, their ears. ears to tell them what? What they yeah. want to hear. Yeah. Right? I mean And I think the key phrase in there, yeah. in tickling ears, the when you really dig into the original language, yeah. what it is is I want you to say something that moves me. Yes. And the problem is is that that's solopsis. In other words, I only want to hear things that stir my heart. I don't want someone to come in and say Dude, you need to eat some broccoli. Yeah, right. Well, and and that goes to that question that you asked a moment ago, and that is, is that we have, remember, remember when Tony Campolo used the phrase, who switched the price tags? I think that was him, right? Yeah, was I it? think so, yeah. He had like a little, yeah, a little speech he did on that or whatever that, yeah. like that. And the, and, the, and the idea was, is that, wait, this used to be valuable. Now it's on the nice price rack. This is no longer, uh, this now is valuable, but it really is worthless. Yeah. Worthless, yeah. thinking of that word. And, and I, we are living in a time where the service of your every need is mm-hmm. paramount in culture, and we agree with that thought. And Paul did not, number one, Paul didn't ascribe to that. Number two, Paul didn't have that luxury. And number, and number three, Paul knew it wasn't kingdom of God. Yeah. Kingdom of God is bigger than that. Doug, on Thursday, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about applications yeah. and how that feeds into big culture yeah. and all those kinds of things. And so that that's our study. We're going to talk about that this weekend. We're going to go all the way to verse 30 uh, in there as well. Uh, and, and by the way, and you're going to be preaching on this on this Sunday. On this so, Sunday, yeah. yeah. It'll be so awesome. Look forward to it. And, well, as we wrap up, I just think the really great thing about this is in verse 25, he says, I'm convinced. I, I know I was going to mention that. I, he's This is not a wavering thought. No. And, 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 and I'm convinced. <laughs> I have a conviction. Yeah. And, you know? and, and so... Christian, here's our question. Are we, what are you convinced of? Yeah. What are you, and here's how you know what you're convinced of, by what you actually do. Yeah, thanks, Harv. And that's just the issue is that if you want to be able to discover joy, you know, and ha- that comes from good discernment, and that is discernment doesn't exist unless you know what you're convinced of, what that's is true and right. what isn't true. So thank you for being here today on The Salty Pastor, everyone. We're so glad you joined us. Uh, pick up with us on Thursday where we're going to talk about the implications of these biblical truths. So here's The Salty Pastor signing off. Blessings.